Welcome to Inside the Agency. I'm your host, Michelle Govan. I'm your co-host, Nicole Shawcross. We have Anne Forey in the house with us today at Inside the Agency. Hello, Anne. Hello, ladies. Hello. You know, I think I have been in the business now 25 years. How long have you been in the industry total? Longer than that, and I'm not going to say much more because it's <laughs> but a day more than you. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, we want to talk about your start and kind of how you started because most of us don't decide we want to be an agent and we don't want to be a casting director. It just kind of happens. How did this happen for you? Well, when I was just a young girl, I was a bit of a, a rebel and kind of... Um, dressed kind of like punkish and stuff and would hang out at the alternative kind of bars. And I ran into the extras casting director for 21 Jump Street at the time. And so we became friends and I was able to connect her with authentic looking alternative people and punk people who would actually show up on set because they were having a really hard time getting that look yeah. from people that they just scouted at bars and stuff. So I started that way. And then I kind of started a little agency and then I decided to get into casting. So that's kind of the progression. I did extras. I've done extras casting and principal, but I only do principal now. So I, my first background performance was on Booker and 21 Jump Street. So it's funny because a few of us had our start around that era. I don't think so. But I love that they came up to you and were like, you're cool looking. Come help us out. And then you took it as a business. You got business savvy and created a business out of it. Well, there really was a need for it, right? Because there wasn't it just wasn't that kind of those kind of looks like with the wardrobe too. these people had the alternative and punk kind of look. So you didn't have to go far to get the whole package yeah. so I was able to help them with that. Now. So did you rep talent? Yes. So I thought I had heard this, but I didn't know. So what was your agency called? It was called crucial casting for a while. Back I know it's like, I remember Sid Kozak was like, that's not an agency name. That's a casting name. And I was like, okay, yeah, maybe he's right, but whatever. We're using it. Remember Sid Kozak? Was this before? Oh, oh no, no. Sid for sure was definitely during my time. I started when Betty Chadwick, Sid Kozak, Lean Caro were kind yeah. of the big fish. Those were right. the casting directors. And now of course, you know, that's how Candace Elzinga got her start because she was Betty's assistant. And we look at people like Sean and JJ that came down the line of Stuart Aikens yeah. way back in the day, but no, that yeah. was definitely. And I came through a completely different door. So because you were an agent first, my yeah. question is, which one do you like better? Casting uh, or being casting? Agent? <laughs> <laughs> I had fight with plenty of agents. So not plenty, but certainly a few. But yeah, definitely casting. And I, What's I mean, your pet peeve with agents? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just dive right in. I'm not going to sure. release any names, but no. Um, I, I can't. I mean, it's just some of them are exhausting. That's all. It's just like, this is the best we got you know, just take it to your actor. But there is always like, we want this. And what about this? And what about, and I know that there's part of that that's definitely the agent's job, but it becomes really, you know, tedious to say the least. There's agents that are easy to work with and other ones that just make our lives really uh, difficult. You know, are we on the nice or the naughty list, Anne? What? 
I said, are we, it's performance <laughs> yeah, on the next the naughty list. Work with, right? Like you'll, you'll ask for stuff and then it's like, well, no, we can't do it. Okay, great. We'll close or we won't close. Right. Hmm. It's the, some, there's a couple agents that just have like lists of things. And it's, I, I tell, you know, my assistant, like, watch, here comes the list. Right. And sure enough, it, it's just, it's just, we don't need it. And there's, there's just, sometimes I just, I don't even, I don't want to talk anymore about agents in case they're listening except for you <laughs> we're listening but, like there's easy agents and ones that are just really difficult right make casting's life difficult because they're all nice in the beginning right oh we're gonna see your people we, we, we love to get their actor in and then it's like okay let's do it and then they're like we want this 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 and why don't you do this? And the last time they got that, and da, da, da. it's like, we're just trying to all do the same thing here, right? Can you just work with us? We're not trying to screw you over. So it's challenging. I think one of the things I hate is when I see agents negotiate and not give all their demands or requests in one email to you. You send the offer and we just say what we want. Instead, it's like, and again, and another thing, and another thing. And you're going back on emails for three days. I watch in the United States all the time. A lot of my American reps tend to, constantly nitpick and keep picking. It's like picking a scab. It's constant instead of just rip off the bandaid and make it happen or not. (laughs) I think that, yeah. I mean, and I think that a lot of actors would be shocked at some of the behavior. Like I've had people sort of be privy to what the conversations are and, you know, people in production who've moved up and are like, whoa, I had no idea agents were like that. I thought they were really cool and like, you know, happy that their actors worked. It's like, "Mm, yeah, we are cool. We are full of performers. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's my story about agents. But not you, of course. Oh, thank you. Well, then let's just dive straight into casting. I know we really want to get to know what impresses you in a room or advice to actors. Do you want to tell us what yeah. our actors should be doing to impress Anne Forey in the room? Well, I mean, it ultimately comes down to if they're the character, right? I mean, that's the ultimate goal. My job is to select actors that I think can be the character. And the actor's job is to convince us of the character, but unfortunately they don't always get all the pieces, right? They have to make choices. And so it doesn't always go as easy as uh, they may have thought it would be, but it's ultimately um, jigsaw puzzle pieces. As far as it goes for impressing me, it's definitely being prepared, being confident, you know, some of the kids, the children that we teach, that I teach, it's like uh, the kids that are confident really shine, you know, and not overly commercial confident, like, but really just like they, they're really comfortable in their own skin. And I think the confidence goes a long way for Mm -hmm. actors. You just owning the audition, doing the best you can, and then leaving it because there's so many reasons why actors don't get cast, Mm -hmm. you know? Do you want to give us some of those samples? Well, they don't get cast. Well, they're not the character. Or they, um, you know, again, it's a jigsaw puzzle. So, for example, we may cast the number one, the lead. But depending on who the lead is will depend on who the number two is. So, you know, and, and, and there was another show uh, not that long ago where the number, the, the lead actress looked a certain way and someone had suggested another actress for an option. I said, but she's going to look too much like her. So there's so many different factors. It's not just the actual performance. And the majority of actors do a really good job, I think, that uh, Vancouver's got some really strong actors I've, I've cast in 
London and, you know, New York. And so I know, and LA, of course, but I've known the talent pool somewhat. And I know that Vancouver is just as strong because they've got so many opportunities here. How do you feel about the current climate right now, especially with COVID and productions moving up to Vancouver? Well, I have been nothing but busy, so I have zero complaints. I feel like uh, I'm pretty sure we were one of the first shows back after our little COVID adventure, which is still ongoing. But you were you were the first movie of the week to hit your casting. Yeah. Yeah. June 8th, I think it was. Yeah, it was early. We loved you for it. Yeah, we were yeah. celebrating. This is where all the agents were nice, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so that was shot in Kelowna, and that was that went really quite smooth. I mean, we're very strict with protocol for COVID, and actors have to all drive to set. I haven't actually been on set because there's a limit to 50 people, of course. But my understanding is that the actors do their base makeup and hair, and then we kind of step that step it in, you know, do you know, final touches are uh, their makeup and hair and uh, everything's very protected. So when we first came back from COVID, you know, I'm doing all the casting, like uh, all the roles. So the first few shows we did real couples, we did those kind of searches. And that was really interesting because we were able to have the intimacy that was required for, for scripts pre-COVID that were written pre-COVID and not have any issues as long as you protect the leads. And the yeah. actors are all, you know, all my breakdowns and they now say that you have to drive to set because again, it's like, we don't want to have drivers. We want to keep everybody as isolated as possible. Obviously the lead actors are critical. I thought it was funny. One of uh, our lead actors that you cast recently knew she had to drive herself to the set, but didn't realize that when the shots were being changed to different locations, she'd have to jump in her car and drive herself to the new area. And it wouldn't just be from the circus. I'm like, welcome to COVID. This yeah. is the thing. It's an adjusting time and we have to be okay with the new rules. And everybody's fine with it now, but I think it was just training those actors to accept the new protocols. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of my pet peeves, did you ask my pet peeves about actors? Not yet. Keep right? going. We want lots of pet peeves. <laughs> we'll get <Just> there. <laughs> yeah. Actors in workshops, like the, one of the biggest pet peeves is that you got actors who can't drive themselves to set. Like yeah. how is it that you've paid for training, headshots, got an agent, you're working hard, you know, hustling as a waiter, doing short films, and then you get cast in a role and you're like, oh, actually I can't get to set. And they don't even have a driver's yeah. license. I right. know. They haven't trained themselves to drive. They have not. Because even if you got your license, you could Evo or you could rent a car. Yeah. I mean, it sucks, but it's like if you lived in LA or even New York, you'd have to figure it out, right? And transport, I mean, obviously, transportation in New York is different than here, but it's just like, come on, you guys. This is like banging your head against the wall. If you do nothing else, get a license. Okay, re listening, get your license. I said, re-listening, get your license. I actually had two actors that I closed on deals last year and they didn't tell me they didn't have a license. But of course, right up until the night before their call time, I get a panic text at 10 at night being like, well, my call time's at 5 a.m. in Langley and I don't drive. I'm like, well, how were you anticipating together? Well, I thought it would be late enough that I could catch a bus. Well, guess what? It's called a taxi and you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah, Yeah, it's really, I mean, because the problem is, is, you know, even pre-COVID, it becomes production's problem. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to take that on. We used to, on our, I'm talking about the shows I cast. I'm not talking about bigger mm-hmm. shows, but I, generally speaking, 
number one and two, they would get transportation, but everybody else has to figure it out. So yeah, yeah don't get those headshots right now. Get a license. <laughs> right? Good tip. Huge. What about attitudes? We're noticing that people, you know, I don't know how you were experiencing, but we really felt like you said, after COVID, the lockdown, we found people were so grateful. Now we're getting a lot more pushback. Well, I have two tapes tomorrow. I don't think I can do a third. And they're kind yeah. of acting a little bit more resistant. Yeah, it's weird because it's like, well, isn't this what you wanted to do? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was. So, um, yeah, it looks like we're giving you opportunity, but then you're going to complain about it. Attitude. <laughs> It's definitely attitude with, um, you know, with assistance and stuff. We hear about that. I, I, I get feedback from set. There's, you know, an actor of mine who was very like very much like a prima donna on set. And that comes back to me. And then I have to talk to the agent and say, listen, you know, this isn't acceptable. We, do, we just don't have the time for it. And so, again, it's like they better remember there's a large talent pool and that there's plenty of people that would actually like to do your job. So if you're getting an opportunity for an audition and, and or cast, it's like, you know, how about, yeah, a little bit of gratitude, right? Yeah, That's celebrate it. All the opportunity we get here is the attitude, right? Some people have, some are amazing though, too. Most are amazing. Yeah. How are you finding it with uh, everything being self-taped now? I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have to go anywhere, but... Um, well, I think that, I mean, I'm waiting for casting work, but they're supposed to show me, I don't know if you guys have done it, the kind of zoom in auditions where you have a time, you, you connect with us, do your audition and leave. That's supposed to be happening, but I haven't heard of it. And I'm at least seven or eight shows in pre uh, post COVID. Well, I don't want to say post COVID because you're still in it, but you're still I mean? in it. Yeah. yeah. Post lockdown. Yeah. Yes. Post lockdown. Thank Ugh. you. Um, and so I don't mind the taping at all. I mean, the only thing that's a bit, bad on our end for taping is we don't know if it's your first take or your 40th take, right? Like how many days <laughs> is that so um, yeah, that could be a bit tricky, but I think we tend to know. And again, knowing the talent pool, but also giving opportunities to new actors. So uh, the good thing about taping too is, you know, when we're casting in the studio, we're going to see five to eight actors per role. I mean, I would cast a whole MOW in one day, not no callbacks. Yeah and have a lunch break. So I was going really, you know, we go really fast on our shows. Um, but now it's like people can just, you know, we can see 20 people for one role instead of eight. So it allows more opportunity, more actors to be seen. That's the upside for actors, I think. We're really noticing the numbers. I mean, we're loving it. I feel bad for Nicole because she's in charge of all the uploading and we choose to upload it. We don't like the actors necessarily to upload on Actors Access. We do on Casting Workbook because the rules, like all of the notes for casting is it was very different. Some want separate files, some want grouped together, some want a separate slate. And right. I know Nicole has had a lot to do, right? I've pulled my hair out and screamed quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Not labeled properly. You know, yeah. uh, Not like, I don't know if you're finding that on your end, just um, the way tapes are edited or labeled, if it's coming in wonky. I think we have to, you know, 
I haven't had any complaints about stuff, but I, again, I, I feel like we have to be a bit flexible because people are trying to do this at home. They're doing the best they can. I mean, I don't want to see a pile of dirty laundry behind you. It'd be nice if you put a little bit of effort into the backdrop. <laughs> Clean your homes. Yes. Yeah, so sound and lighting is critical. Um, and yeah, so it's just like we have to be a bit, you know, I think open to it not being studio style. So we try to be, I think, flexible with that. I think the actors, what I've noticed is the biggest complaint is lately a lot of people want in casting, want the slate done very specifically, but a lot of them are self-isolating right now in their homes or they don't have a partner. So the casting are asking for Zoom to head and shoulders for the addition, but zoom out and full body slate. Well, like you said, you see their entire apartment with a full body slate and do the zooming because they're on their own. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really get any specifics about that, but again, it's everything. Everyone's different for what they're casting. I would just say to actors to, you know, start with the full body and then cut and then do the close up. you know, I mean, you do with the best you can. I know it's, it's not easy. That's the advice we've said, as we've said, just zoom out and stay out for your full slate and just say, yeah. Hey, I'm by myself. Here you go. And then come and then stop the camera, come in head and shoulders. So those of you listening, just do what you can. Exactly. Yeah. That gives us what we need. I think it's pretty standard. Oh. I still feel there's more pet peeves you could give us My or advice. Not being, not being uh, prepared. Like there's no yeah. hands down. And it sounds like a basic thing, but it's so annoying because it's like, I've given you five minutes here to rock and roll. And if you're going to come in with some, oh, sorry, I was working late or I just got the sides. I know when I sent them. Okay. So if there's a problem between you getting them from your agent, that's, that's for you to discuss with your agent, but not being prepared, I think is, is very, very foolish for any actor because it doesn't just offset that audition it will affect you being brought in for other things. So there really is no excuse uh, for being unprepared. And so, you know, I've had actors walk and go, oh, I'm just going to wing it. Oh, like, oh, okay. Awesome. We'll, we'll just wing it with you. Wing you right out the door. Like it's disrespectful, <laughs> it's disrespectful right? Because we, yeah. we've got, we've put confidence in you to be prepared. And, uh, you know, that's a pet peeve for sure. Attitude and not having a headshot and resume when we used to do that because the directors that I work for always collect them. So some direct casting may have different needs, but again, it's like have them with you. If they don't mm-hmm. want it, great. But if they if they want it, it's good to have it. So yeah. part of your job interview, that's basically what an audition is. So when I know when Nicole and I are looking at new talent and we're watching you know, their demo or mostly their self-tapes or classwork. I'm noticing that so many actors are in their heads these days. A lot of them aren't just going with their emotion and leading with their heart. You can tell, you can almost see them thinking their lines in their head. Do you just cancel us? audition tape, do you just stop watching or do you actually see if they improve throughout the tape? I'm curious how much of an audition tape you actually painfully watch if it's not impressing you because I know for me I last about 10 seconds I'm like bleep done probably a, a second or so either behind you or ahead of you <laughs> I mean it's just you know we don't have time for it right and I, I tell people the workshops like you got to get us engaged right off the bat don't think you're gonna warm into the you know warm us up into the character we'll be gone yeah <laughs> 
at the beginning and then bring us on a journey with the character. And it's really the emotion of the character rather than the lines. It's, again, so many actors here are just saying the lines, but they have to, like, as you guys are talking to me, you're taking in the information and responding. That's what they have to do. So, yeah, it's uh, it can be challenging for sure, but yeah. you can tell a good actor pretty quick, I think. <laughs> if, if there was a third scene that might be juicier that uh, character you know, the actor was able to get into a little bit more. Would you be open to it being the first scene that it opened with, or do you like it in chronological order? I don't think it matters. For me personally, it doesn't matter. I mean, again, no one's not going to get a job because they didn't do their scenes in that specific order we asked. If they're great, they're going to be great. I think the strongest scene would, you know, should be there, but ideally it would be the, the scene that we chose, right? So they're strong on all of them, but yeah, I, if it's really good, it should go up, I suppose. I mean, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference, but it would keep us more engaged. Yeah. We noticed a tape came in the other day and the first scene was just a bit of dry. Like the artist didn't have much to work with, but the second scene was so powerful. We're like, damn it. We should have flipped them. Just yeah. because you said, if you can engage some right off the bat. So I think that's really important for actors to know that thing, it's okay. It's really to that, that strong take. And then they go downhill. It's just as bad as being downhill <laughs> losing us to try to keep us to go. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Then it's like, oh, they were great. Boy, did they suck in that second scene. So (laughs) why didn't they just be great in both? Or why did they send in that second scene? The scene that they think it was great. Yes. They must have, right? (laughs) Yeah. But you you know, the the thing about a, a good actor is, right? I had a big aha about that. Actors are good liars because that's all they're doing is lying to us and convincing us that their lies is actually true. So that was kind of my epiphany from all my years of casting. (laughs) Good liars. (laughs) Oh God. I just know that lately we are flooded with submissions right now and we're trying to keep up with all the amazing opportunities. So we've stopped taking on new talent. We're still kind of, you know, obviously we look at the packages, but the other thing is too, is just like you, they have to impress you. They have to impress us as well. And I feel that a lot of actors are just kind of doing the basics. They're not even writing us a cute little letter or sending us a live video of themselves. It's just kind of like sending out headshot and resume. Really? That's kind of old school. Get creative, get our attention, stand out. Yeah, totally. You got to go the distance, I think, and give it, yeah. Why are you, how are you different than other people than everybody else that's submitting? Yeah. Do you like when actors give you two very separate takes of a yes. character? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes what they think is the right angle. I wish they would give me one more, especially with no redirects right now because it is self-tape. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always tell actors, you should definitely have another take in your back pocket because when we did, back in the old days, when we did talk <laughs> <in> the studios, <laughs> um you know directors would say hey can you do it a different way and actors would be like uh okay and then they do the exact same way that they prepared it so yeah like yeah you've got to be able to have another option I think it's a very safe thing to do and one of my other I was gonna say pet peeve well it's not really pet peeve but since we talked about it is you know when you are given direction whether it's from casting or director 
That is probably the most critical part of your audition because this is going to tell us whether or not you can take direction on set or are you just going to deliver the same things? Because I've seen actors just kind of stand there and look at the director going in their head, oh my God, the director's talking to me. But it's like... <laughs> <laughs> they're not listening. You're in headlights. They're not yeah. what they're saying. And Ooh, they go, right. yeah, I got it, I got it. You want it that way? Sure, no problem. Then they go do the exact same thing again. So yeah. that's a critical part of the audition, any feedback to really understand and to really own the audition. And if you don't understand what we're saying, ask us, do you mm -hmm. mean this way? Like, again, it's like, we want you to get the role. We're rooting for you. I think actors lose that part. Sometimes. Yeah. Do you find because you can't redirect in the room right now that you're having to go with actors that do bring the right choices instead of being like, damn it, that actress could have, but I couldn't redirect them and there's no time to get them to retape. How are you handling those situations? Well, there's right a now? conversation often with the director too, because a lot of the actors the director and I can talk about them like one actor like well the director's like I know she's got better performance in her but the take just wasn't great so then we contact them and ask them to do it a different way if there's okay. something we really want we'll do that okay no that's good yeah. to know yeah do you have any favorite projects that you've worked on yeah my own <laughs> <laughs> so there's lots of projects but yeah I mean you know I like all the rom-coms so they're cheesy, but fun, you know? Well, tell us about your project. Well, my movie's called Shall We Play, which is a teen thriller. Um, got distribution for it and uh, sales agents. So we just finished it. It's a feature film. So I always wanted to kind of do a teen thriller just because that's kind of stuff I liked when I was a kid. So it's a fun little movie coming awesome. somewhere to you soon. <laughs> I don't know where. We'll probably all still be on our couches. Yeah, because I mean, I got to co-write, produce, direct. You know, took took it from took it from conception all the way to post. I had no idea how much work post is. I thought it was just editing. It's, it's like, a much bigger job. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's the shooting, and then there's another six or eight months. You know. Wow. It's well, been this, a year. this is so cool though. Like I didn't know you started as talent. I heard you had been an agent and then you went to casting and now you've been producing and directing. I mean, you've basically covered every area of the entertainment industry. <laughs> yeah. I even did craft service on my show. So I know how to do that as well. You're wearing a lot of hats. Well, somebody has to, and that's the cool thing about doing your own movie is that you really get to experience the whole gamut, you know, yeah. of all the departments, because it's really quite fascinating and all the people and what they have to, you know, their, their pieces of the puzzle. Personally, I would love to produce. I've always wanted to make movies. I love being an agent, but I would love to try the other side. So really. why don't you? Because of all my spare time. No, uh, no, actually during lockdown, I had kind of an interesting epiphany that I wanted to write this script and I, it's still, it, I woke up with this idea. I feel like I need to write a script, but I would love to produce it. So hopefully in my upcoming weekends, that will be what I dive into. You literally have to like lock yourself up and just do it because yeah. If I waited for someone to, I mean, obviously I had a co-writer, I'm not a writer, nor do I admit that I am. Um, but it's like, you just got to go for it because nobody else is going to do it for you. And that's the realization I had is if I want to make a movie, plus I've, I've already done three short films. So this is my first yeah. feature. Wow. So it was just kind of like, 
who else is going to do it? So I, you know, I found the, the financing and financed a lot of it myself and just did it because that's what you have to do if you want to do it. Yeah. Is yours a feature, Michelle, or is it an MOW? It's or? a rom-com. It'd be a rom-com. It's really funny. It's it's more about love during lockdown, trying to get across the border to each other. It's it's don't just say it out loud. Jeez, don't give. Well, uh, <laughs> if someone listens, then you know they're not going to understand what I've decided in my head. But yeah, it's a rom-com. Well, you should go for it. You know. I'm going to need a ghostwriter. Any ghostwriters out there, please contact me. <laughs> I can't write this myself. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's what it is, right? It's, but the, I mean, there's so many talented people, right? Just get people that you need as you go. And that's what I did. Where'd you find your writer? I found my writer through social media. She's amazing. Yeah. Okay. I can connect you with her. Yeah, let's do it. Emma, Emma Rain Walker. So she's a great writer. Okay. We're doing other stuff together too. No, yeah. I love that. Well, yeah. I love that. You know, the one thing I, I appreciate is you were one of the only cast writers that did workshops during this time. You and Candace yeah. were the two that did the most workshops. And you know what? So many actors were relying on that kind of that need for information, the need for yeah. advice during this quiet time. This is why we did this podcast because we felt so many people, so many yeah. actors were needing just to be guided Mm-hmm. You know, they're used to being mentored and coached. And so a lot of agents went a little on the quiet side and yeah. 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 yeah, no, I think it's been great. I mean, it's just, it's just allowed this sort of space for people to do more training and why not? They should, it's, yeah, they can make it, make it happen. Why not? So are you doing all your workshops on zoom then? No, I, I, um, I just came back from Kelowna for doing a bunch of workshops up there in person. Okay social miss, uh, you know, social distancing in place. Um, I've done about three, uh, since lockdown in person, the rest are in zoom, but you know, the zoom ones are great too. It's fun. I, I don't feel like you lose anything by doing that. So I've yeah. got coming up with actor van on Sunday, actually. No, that's awesome. No, I know a bunch of our clients have been doing your workshop. We keep telling them to do it. <laughs> because I'm kind of straight shooter, right? It's blunt. We love it. Well, they don't have time to waste, neither do I. So just do your best and that's it. Yeah. You know. I think that's what they need. They need, you know, direct information as opposed to someone fluffing them up. Yeah. I remember a guy doing a workshop not that long ago and he did this uh, accent and my, my word back was brutal because it was brutal. <laughs> I think he <laughs> but it's like, you know, don't go in there with an accent unless you've really got that accent because it is bad. Well, I was just going to actually, that question came up earlier in my mind is bold choices. Cause sometimes I find actors go way too safe. And then sometimes they go to the other spectrum and go too bold. So I'm, assuming you prefer more of the middle of the road, make Definitely. choices, but not do insane either side. Yeah. But again, it's, yeah, definitely go somewhere in the middle and because it's nice, right? Because there's also been times where we've seen Tim go, Oh, wow. We never really thought of the character that way or, you know, the look or whatever, but yeah, just, I think accents can be the kiss of death for an audition, unless you're really good. And like, if someone has a natural Australian accent, when they slate, if they're going to go do an American accent, they shouldn't be slating with that Australian accent. They should come in as an American and do it all the way through. Because as soon as I see an indication of an accent somewhere that I'm going to be looking for it throughout the whole audition, right? Like, where is that accent? Yeah. 
So don't give it to us off the top. If you if you're going American, stay American and just try to you know keep us that way. But I think some of the characters have uh, a bit of accents. You know, we've been able to do that English and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know. I've definitely seen some rough tapes with really wonky accents that come in and out. Yeah. And there's some famous actors who are pretty bad at uh, accents as well. We won't name any names, but there are. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say uh, for me, I had a hard time watching house of cards and I'm not going to name the lead actor's name, but his accent went in and out for that first season. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> I had to turn it off because <laughs> we're trained, right? You and, and yeah. us, we are trained to listen. Like sometimes I'll see a submission come in and I'll listen to the their audition tape. And I'm like, Oh, I can hear an accent. Oh, there it goes in and out, in and out, in and out. I know yeah. it's going to be a problem. I think, yeah. you know, do you have advice for actors with accents? Cause of course we want to embrace the fact that we are a diverse community. We do have different, you know, accents. Uh, but I find that everybody does want standard American. Well, that's where the market is, right? These shows generally speaking are being made for that market. And so unless specified, you know, we, Actors should be aiming for that uh, American accent. I mean, we have we get, you know, told about having, oh, they've got a Canadian accent. So it's the same thing. But a dialect coach is probably the solution, you know, unless they want your authentic accent. So but it's yeah. just it's they've got to know what they're doing. We got to be really strong with it because sometimes you get like the it's very mushy, right? Like you talked about. It's like, oh, God, don't even bother. Put that accent away. Yeah. We don't want it. <laughs> We're talking about if you're putting on an accent, not if you actually have an accent. I yeah. want to make sure that we're clear there. Yeah. But I think more characters are open now to authentic, you know, whether it's Irish or Australian, that could, you know, happen, but it's just, again, the, I think the agent should be finding out if they can do it in that accent or not. Right. Mm-hmm. We're seeing too, sometimes casting will say, if you can't do it justice, don't bother trying to come in with the accent. Would you say the same thing if, if it's, if it's a bit of a loose accent or they don't need it? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up kids earlier. And what's interesting is way back in the day, I don't know if you remember, but there was a very big uh, young kids school here in Vancouver. And I felt they turned all the kid actors into little show ponies. And you mentioned kids. And that's the thing. I find kids naturally have a talent. I think you even kind of touched on that. They're naturally just good in front of the camera and grounded and natural, or they're kind of, like I said, this show pony that's so over-rehearsed. Yeah, very over the top, yeah. Yeah, and I want parents to know that kids naturally have a way to perform and to encourage the natural essence of auditioning and performing for kids. Because I know we've talked a lot about adults today, but I want to touch a little bit on kids. Instead of putting them in these programs and turning them into replicas of each other, they should show their individuality when they audition for you and yeah be as natural Um, as possible i think a lot of this has to do with commercials you know the commercial Mm -hmm. casting and you know they're selling products so it's like hey right everyone's really excited and high-pitched and and so film and tv is so different so to be trained in uh, for film and tv again i mean they're yeah i always kind of say that kids haven't had life beat them up yet you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) 
Give them to me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I've been through hell and back. Yeah. I'll train them. <laughs> so I think that they have that natural, like they're, they're risk takers and they're fun, you know, but again, you've got to deal with the parents have to deal with them not getting the role or, you know, cause they're really attached to it. Just like adults do. So I think there's a bunch of different components in there, but yeah, if they can just be themselves and not super animated, unless of course the character wants that, mm-hmm. but I blame TV commercials for that. <laughs> I think that's a good way I'm to think about it. I know what I'm talking about. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I think that's have. the difference. And I think people need to realize commercial acting is very different than film and television acting. Huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's more intimate film and TV. And I think the commercial is probably more like theatrical, like theater actors, right? Very animated, mm-hmm. big and bring everybody to you. Film and TV, you don't need to do that. Kathleen Mayers did our podcast and mentioned that, you know, big expressions and big eyebrows. And we were like, no eyebrow acting in film and television to the commercial side of casting. Yeah. So yeah, I teach, uh, you know, children's workshops often, and they're just so fun because they're just so free, you know, and some of the boys, like they don't realize the camera's still on them. Even if they're not doing their scene, they don't realize that the camera's not on them. So they're like jumping around and being really silly, you know? And uh, it's just, they're just, they're just great. Kids are way cooler than adults. I agree. (laughs) We need to find more kid talent. Yeah. We need to find our inner children more. (laughs) So I think I was just going to say, do you guys know what I've, characters or age of actors I feel is lacking in the casting world we do you have any interest in knowing that yes yes absolutely well I think I have a let's see if you if we agree. I have an idea because I know what we're lacking okay let's so, do I really find right now I'm noticing a lot of castings are looking for 50s and up like 50s 60s 70s we are so dry especially ethnic and diverse in the 70s and yeah. 60s so I see that missing. I find there's a lot of little kid roles for eight and 10 and 12. And I find the eights are really lacking and the tens are lacking. I find you can find more actors closer to the 12. And then I really find the teens are lacking like that's yeah. 15, 16, even 14. Cause we can't find them. So I know if we can't find them, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'd love to hear your advice of what's missing. That's for sure. Well, I think that uh, what's missing is definitely the 50s. Yeah. Um, That is for sure, because that is like, uh, it's the 50s to 60s, 70s, like you said, and good actors. Mm -hmm. That's really lacking. Um, I don't find the kids that much, but yeah, see, the problem with the teens, 13 to 15 for the shows I do is a lot of the working hours. So we'd rather have kids out of school that look younger that we can work different, better hours. So that's kind of why it's not really an issue for me, but definitely the parents and the grandparents who are strong actors and the diversity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what can we do right now to help you? Cause I know for us, we need people to really get their tapes in on time and to compress their files. What do you need from agents right now, other than us being nice to you? Be nice to me. <laughs> and you wine, wine and chocolate. No, just don't be, you know, like there's no need for it. They just like, you know, I know there's agents who are just work really well and just, you know, they do a good job. And there's other ones that like, honestly, I don't know how they are agents. 
And I, I think if their actors knew the way they treated casting, they would be appalled. Yeah. Because I don't think people think that that happens. Like, again, I think people think it was like, oh, wow, great. My actors booked a job now. So I think it'd be nice if the agents could do that. Um, as far as the actors just have to be prepared and not get attached to the role, you know? Yeah. I remember someone said to me not that long ago. So for when actors audition, like, do you send them a note if they haven't got the role? Oh, oh my, my God. God. No. Oh gosh, that would be your whole day. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. it didn't work out. Maybe next time. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a nice idea. And I think this is another thing really important that we can touch on with spinning off that is actors still ask for feedback, even on small yeah. principal roles. Casting yeah. and agents are working at such a high speed right now. That is the last thing you use that little bit of time to communicate with that casting director. Agents, yeah. if they're smart, would be using it to pitch more people or to communicate with you better, not say, hey, do you remember so-and-so that read from Mailman number two? How'd he do? Yeah, totally agree. And again, it's like if if every agent asked for feedback on, say, three actors, we'd have about, you know, 300 responses. So it's just not realistic, really. I think the actors, again, have to just do their best and leave it. Just forget about it. Yeah. You know, if they feel they've done their best, then, you know, I mean, even a bad actor, I could... I could tell an actor they're they're not they're never gonna I don't want to say never gonna be anything but not gonna get this role kind of thing and then but they won't believe it so they may as well just go for what they you know believe and what how good they are they, training is essential though that's where I think the difference is is in the training. Yeah. I think actors just feel like right now they're putting all these tapes and nothing's really coming back to them, but that is the job. The job is you tape, you let it go. You tape, you let it go. And if something comes back, you're grateful and you thank your agent and you thank casting. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, who was the, um, uh, Ruffalo? What's his name? Mark. Yeah. Didn't he say he had like 600 auditions before he booked a job? Yeah. Like it's a, that's just, it's just part of it. It's a rejection business. And maybe that's why the kids are enthusiastic because they haven't been rejected enough yet. Not yet. It's, it's, it's part of the deal rejection, but it's not always, it's, I I would say, honestly, I would say 80% of the time, 80%, the actors have all done a good job. That's great to hear. Yeah. And do you ever reach out to agents if someone really does something horrific or no? (laughs) Are you kidding? Yes. I love that. Why oh, we have not had those calls from you? Because it's my responsibility. Yeah. Like I had one actor who came in and I, I kind of tell the story and, you know, her headshot looks like she was about 40. She comes in and she's like, seriously, 65. And I said to her agent, when was the last time you saw your actor? Like, come on, you're not doing her any favors by having a headshot that's 25 years old. And you're certainly, oh my gosh. Any, right. So no, that, and you know, sometimes I'm, I've been noticing on casting workbooks, um, actors that are submitted and they don't have a resume attached. So that's it for them. So I think, I don't know whose responsibility that is. Is that the actors or the agents? It's a shared, it, I think it's per agency. Right. It's one of those things. Like I know Nicole and I, well, Nicole handles the resumes. <laughs> she yeah, does but I do think, I do think actors need to be on top of their profiles just yes. to be, you know, cause like Michelle was saying, I know we're inundated with self tapes and sending out appointments and, you know, breakdowns. So sometimes the administrative stuff. So if you've got new headshots, make sure they're uploaded 
and take care of your profiles and know how to navigate. It needs to look like them, right? Because again, we don't want to be disappointed. You know, you even get them to bring their airbrushing down. We don't allow a lot of our headshots to have airbrushing because amazing headshots. And then they'll come in like they've been dragged through the bushes. Like (laughs) (laughs) you're like, is this a character choice? (laughs) You know, this is a movie of the week, right? We're not doing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's another thing, you know, they're, there's an actress who um, had her nose pierced um, for one of the rom-coms. And I said, how many rom-coms have you seen with characters with their nose pierced? Like, yeah, I'm in character for us. Take that out. Yeah. Yeah. I had a young guy audition for a 16 year old and he forgot to shave on it. He's 21. I'm like, dude, you have five o'clock shadow. Do you want to redo that tape and shave? Oh yeah, I should do that. Yeah. Guys, use your heads. It's just those little details, right? So yeah. I think yeah. it makes all the difference. No, we love that. Nicole, do you want to ask your magic question? Yes. What <laughs> advice would you give your younger self getting into the industry? Don't. <laughs> I love how honest you are. Oh my God. Do what what would you have done instead? Like, do what your dad says, get a real job. No, <laughs> my dad wanted me to get into construction. I said, no. And now look, it's one of the only essential things. Thank God we're essential now too. Yeah, but, I guess yeah. we are. Um, no, just, I think to myself or to anybody, I'd say, don't be afraid. Just go for it. Just do what you want to do. Don't listen to people. Just do whatever you want. Because this is, as they say, life is not a dress rehearsal, right? Is that not the case from what we know? So I think I'm going to leave right now and go shopping because that's what I want to do right now. <laughs> you go follow your passion. <laughs> you guys may get your additions for tomorrow. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad you could join us today. And thank you for being one of those amazing, respectful cast editors that don't message us at 11 p.m. at night and 5 a.m. and Saturdays and Sundays. What do they say? Oh, we're getting bombarded all weekend now. We don't have days off, nights off, nothing. It goes straight 24 hours a day, other than maybe between midnight and 5 a.m. we have a break. Ooh, wow. <laughs> now I gotta try and start. Thank you for having respectable day. business hours. I, try. <laughs> I don't always. I mean, it depends if we're trying to close somebody or not, but I certainly mm-hmm. try. So. You can bug me anytime if you want to close a deal. <laughs> so that's reality. I did not know. So. Well, thanks again for all your advice. I know the actors will love it and we need to get cocktails soon. Yes.